Hey guys, you're about to watch a video I recorded back in 2018. I was traveling Australia in a caravan with my family doing a speaking tour and I kind of put out some videos at that time and this one's about the, the top three mistakes that most people are doing with their thinking, right? The kind of thoughts that are holding people back and it's kind of really relevant right now. Coming out of COVID, people need to recalibrate the way they think. So I think these are gonna be really beneficial to you. So anyway, let's cut to the video. No sleep, no rest. Might crash, might wreck. But first I stretch. Time to run it off. One that I want to talk about now, I've been pondering for a long time. And, and, um, and so I'm just going to talk about it, right? And it, the, the, it's the negative thought processes that I hear most people are having. You know, you may have one of these, two of these, or three of these, more. You, you might have them regularly, infrequently. I don't know. Um, I guess you can decide that. But, but, but they're debilitating. Um, and there's more than these three that I'm going to run through, but they're the three that probably are the most prominent, which is why, you know, you're probably going to get most from them, right? All I want to do is I want to run, run through three kind of negative thoughts that, that most people are having. And, and there's no point in pointing out the problem unless we've got some sort of solution. So I'm going to kind of talk into, you know, what, what do we do about those so that we get better results? The first one is, is unanimous across every believer, I reckon. And it's simply this, that, you know, this negative self-talk, I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. I am simply not enough. Um, you know what the funny thing is? Uh, when I first became a believer, you know, that was probably the story I told myself all the time because I knew my past. You know, we all have that past. We all know our own limitations. So it's very easy to look at the world around us and compare ourselves and, you know, think that we're not good enough. Um, here's the irony about the thought process of you're not good enough. You're not good enough. That's the, that's, the, that's the beauty of collaborating with the king. You are not good enough to go and explode a business, you know, build a great company that provides for you and your family, funds your church, funds other parachurch organizations that has a huge amount of influence. You are not good enough. I am not good enough, right? It wasn't that long ago that I was cleaning windows for 20 bucks an hour, and now we're filling conference rooms and uh, and and. And I don't take the credit. I'm not good enough to have achieved that. 2,200 people come into events in March this year. I'm not good enough, right? It's the fact that I collaborated with the Lord that makes all the difference. I do my part. He does his. And the fact that I'm not good enough makes it a perfect scenario because, you know, where I fall short, he picks up the difference. And that's the beauty of having a good dad, right? You are not good enough. And, and you know, let's look at scripture. Moses wasn't good enough, right? His whole mind was like, I'm not good enough. Um, Joseph wasn't good enough, you know? Um, Caleb wasn't good. Gideon, Gideon was definitely, in his own mind, was definitely not good enough. He's like, show me a sign, and now show me a sign, and now show me a sign, and if Lord, just don't hate me, but show me one more sign. You know, the Apostle Paul wasn't good enough, right? And he talked about how he was the chief of sinners and stuff like that. You are not good enough. I am not good enough. And we need to take solace in the fact that we are not good enough. But with our um, you know, imperfect part and God's perfect part, we can do an amazing thing. You know, you take Gideon, look what he did. Went to you know, 30,000 men, ends up with 300, goes and takes them out, wins the war. Look what Joseph did. He led them through the worst famine in history. You know, um, you look what Moses did. You know, he, he leads his people out of Egypt and all through that journey with you know, God hardening Pharaoh's heart, right? So you're not good enough, all right? So, so, so here's the thing, when, when, when we start thinking that or, you know, and the, and the enemy whispers in our ears and starts telling us it's rubbish, 
we need to be okay with it actually rather than fight it we need to go yeah you know what i'm not but god is and i'm just going to keep getting better and better at upskilling and learning more in the word and, and and it gets easier and easier and easier um the second thought process that i see a lot of people got have is this they actually get a little bit scared uh like a deer in the headlights scared that they're going to run ahead of god and um you know i find it really really interesting that whole process that you're going to run ahead of God because by default what we're actually saying is God wants to go slower than me and you know what I don't know that that's the case uh, God's God's more interested right in our character than our accomplishments so he'll use whatever situation to refine us to be more like him you know whether we're running hard or not you know yeah, whether we're doing the exact task he's got for us or we're slightly off he'll use all of that to refine our character to be more like him because the more we are like him the more we can be trusted with right we read that from scripture it wasn't the most skillful that, that had the biggest calls in the Bible. It was the people that were more like God who could be trusted. So, you know, I meet these people that, you know, that are scared of running ahead of God. And what it does is it puts them in a position of playing defense. Because like what, what we tend to do in the faith is we try one way, and if it doesn't work, we do 180 degrees and we go the other way and see if it works. You know, we did that with the, with the doctrine around wealth, you know, Poverty mentality, oh, that didn't work. Let's go through prosperity doctrine, and, and now we know that doesn't work. You know, We do the same with most things. And, uh, and so what happens is we don't want to run ahead of God, so what we end up doing is, is, is going in the opposite, and we become the ball and chain. You know, we're, we get so scared about making a decision uh, that we actually we either go nowhere or our momentum is so slow that we never pick up enough momentum to build anything great. All right? So now, of course, I believe that there is... Uh, a rhythm of grace. I do think that there is a sweet spot of, you know, us running towards our goals, the Lord's timing being perfect in that and so forth. I, I don't know. I haven't met anybody that is operating in that rhythm of grace 24-7 for their life. They're, they're always running ahead. They're always running behind, whatever, whatever, whatever. They're always somewhere. And then it's it's just a job of checking yourself and coming back to that rhythm of grace. And and um, but But here's my concern. Most people, get so concerned about running ahead of God that they actually go the other way and do very little. And, and it's crazy to me, right? You know, you're accountable for using all of your gifts and talents. You know, if you want to get heavy on this, Paul talks about the judgment seat of Christ. That's not a judgment seat of sin. Right? That's already been paid for. You're a redeemed believer. You're going to heaven. Happy days. You cannot get a better deal than that. But the judgment seat of Christ is where we'll be compared against the gifts and talents he put inside of us. How did we use them? Did we use them? Did we play full out? Is there a return on that investment? And, uh, and, and that's, I guess that's what I'm saying here. You know, you second guessing yourself about wanting, not wanting to run ahead from God is crazy. It's crazy. Do you know what? See, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, I'm a big worker. I get a lot done in a short amount of time. I love being, you know, strategic. I love thinking big, all those things. Have I run ahead of God? Maybe, maybe. Is God punishing me for that? No. Why? Because my heart is on pursuing his heart. I'm pursuing his call. You know, yes, he may have slowed me down from time to time. But um, you know what? Because I've run hard at the things he's got for me, he has done more from left field and brought the super to my natural because I was running. And I may have been running slightly off target and I may have been running at things that didn't produce fruit. But as I've been running, he has matched me and added to it. And that's why we built such a big amount of momentum in a short amount of time. Okay, when you take a back seat and you're scared and you get paralysis of well, what's God, what isn't, what's God, what isn't, you actually just go around in circles, go nowhere. And that's what I don't want you to have. I would rather that you ran at something and and collaborated with him and tried to lock arms and run hard at something 
than play defense and play small. Okay. So that brings me to my third point. So many people are playing small. There's this thinking that success, whatever, you know, I'll call it business success, you know, building a great company, having a team around you, all those things, um, big revenues, big profits. There is still this thinking that that is worldly and fleshy, which is ridiculous. Now, it is worldly and it is fleshy if you're only building a business for you and your own self-interest. Yes, that's worldly and fleshy, and hopefully you do get stood down if that's the case. But if your heart is, I'm building this business because I want to have influence, I want to be godly wisdom to the world around me, I want to make more money than I need, I want to fund my church, I'm going to ring my pastor and say, what have you got? I want to get behind you, I want to fund that stuff. If that's your heart, then it's not worldly to chase success. Success is just mechanics then to go and achieve your desired outcome of using influence and making money. So, so I guess that's, you know, I guess that's the concern is playing small is helping no one. You playing small is serving no one. First and foremost, it doesn't serve you because in the pursuit of what God's called for you is where your character is going to be refined the most. It's also the most anointed place from a spiritual warfare perspective is to, is to chase down the thing he's got for you. So, you know, when you decide to pursue success for you, whatever that looks like for you, you become a better person because the journey is so long and so hard to get there that you get refined into being more like him. Okay, so that's my first concern by playing small is you are worse off. Second part is your church is worse off, right? Because you're not making the money to go and, you know, fund the projects, right? When they say, you know, we want to buy 50 backpacks for the homeless in my area, you're there going, mm, I'll buy one, maybe, you know, whereas if you go and build this thing, you'd be like, pastor, let me manage that. You ask for something different, you know? And the third reason that concerns me about playing small is the kingdom loses because you don't build a big enough business to be invited to the table to have influence in the world around you. And that's what's lacking right now. The reason why we've got so many crackpot ideas is because there's hardly any Christians stepping up. They're not invited to the table because the world doesn't think we've done enough. When you build a bigger business, the invitation for influence will increase. And, 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 and that's what I want for you. So there are the three thought processes and what do you do about it? Um, you've really got to decide and, and stop apologizing for success. You know what? Here's a funny thing. Um, I've obviously been, you know, this year is our second trip around the country, but this year uh, I've spent a lot more time in the middle of the desert with no internet and, uh, and, uh, and stuff like that. And I've really realized I've been playing small as well. I've been playing small, no doubt about it. I had to go back to the Lord and say, sorry, I've been playing small. There's too many people that are apologizing for the little bit of success they've got. It's ridiculous. You don't have to be accountable to anybody else or any denomination. You'd be accountable for the gifts and talents God put inside of you. He wants to know if he gets an ROI, a return on investment, in what he put inside of you. You just need to get okay with pursuing your own success. And as long as it's not all about you, then you can't lose, all right? Because the process is going to make you better. When you get those thoughts of like, oh, I, don't, you know, I don't know that the Lord's called me for this. It's ridiculous. You want to beat them into submission. Take them captive. Take them back to the Lord and say, what do I do with these thoughts? Because the truth is, you should pursue success. You should pursue a big business. You should pursue big influence because that's what occupying until I come means. When Jesus said occupy until I come, it doesn't mean sit around and sit in church on Sunday until I get back. He means use your gifts and talents that are put inside of you and do your very best with them and let's collaborate together and let's go do something good. And so that's the thing, right? We can't get caught up in this trap of thinking those negative thoughts because we will lose. We won't necessarily lose month by month, but we'll lose at the end of our life when we realize we haven't done enough. So anyway, 
if you're on this live right now, do me a favor and, and what, what's the what's the best thing that jumped out to you from this little live? I want some comments in the comments box, please. What's the what's the little thing or the theme or something? I want a comment in there, you you lurkers who are up there. I want uh, I want a little comment from you guys. What's the thing that jumped out to you? Put that in there for me. And I guess <clears throat> um, I'm just going to wrap it up with this. Um, playing small is helping no one. I'm I am um, I am engineering my entire business model so that in the next three to five years I can be building businesses in the same market. <clears throat> that I'm teaching you how to do it in so that you can see me do it in person rather than hear from somebody that built a great business in, you know, in 2005, right? Um, you know, the market's changed too much. I am engineering my entire business model so that I can show you step-by-step step how I'm doing it in the real world, in the market that I'm going to be teaching you in. And, uh, and so that's what's going on in my world. But it's not helping anybody to be on the back foot. You cannot win a game of sport playing defense. The best you can hope for is nil-nil, or the best you can hope for is, you know, is, is even. And a zero-sum game is pointless to everybody, right? You, you know, we've got to start getting on the offense. We've got to start taking, we've got to start, you know, making those sales calls, building that businesses, setting up the joint ventures, doing the marketing, building the business, putting the team around us, marching, marching forward, chasing top-line revenue. You always need to be chasing top-line revenue. We need to start thinking far more strategically and far bigger. Right, and those three beliefs I've just talked about, if you get them out, there'll be more, but they'll be the three that hold you back the most. So anyway, um, listen, I'd, this would be, a, if, you, if you could do me one favor, it would be this, share this video for me, right? Find the share button and share it out because those three beliefs that I spoke about, <laughs> they're across the board, they're unanimous across believers in business. And, uh, and I wanna touch all of them and give them as much wisdom as I can with my little life. I used to play small. I'm not doing it anymore. So I'm going to tell everybody that I possibly can with every little bit of wisdom God's given me. And, uh, and that's how I'm going to play full out. Anyway, share this video up for me. It would mean the world to me if you would do that. And I'll be back with some more stuff in just a couple of days. Bless you. No sleep, no rest. Might crash, might wreck. But first I stretch. Tell them run it all.